Welcome to the Selling Without Sleeves podcast with me, Sarah Jolly Jarvis. I'm here to share with you real life stories from high performing salespeople and business owners, as well as my own insights and learnings around what's working well right now in the sales world, telling things like it is without the sleeves. Hello and welcome to today's podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Jolly Jarvis, and today we are talking about getting your ideal customer or those potential ideal customers to prioritize your offer. So rather than um, feeling like you're pursuing them and nagging them and being a pain, um, how to get them focused in on your product and seeing it as a solution and prioritizing those calls, prioritizing that communication with you to move the sale along. So they're pushing them behind the sale too. Um, And it's not just about you driving that momentum. So without further ado, I'm going to do a quick update before we jump in on that. So from Selling Without Sneeze HQ, what is going on? Sadly, we've turned off the Halloween ads, which is quite a shame. I really enjoyed filming those, um, but it turned out that actually they they didn't have the desired impact that we wanted. Um, we had people clicking through and watching it, but they just there was nothing to basically filter and get our ideal customers looking at it. So that resulted obviously in um, attracting people who were interested in the video and found it amusing, um, but were not interested in um, increasing their sales and their business. That has been remedied. What we've run with instead is a um, budget versus expectation. So looking at, you know, the end of the day, a lot of people who start working with me, their ideal clients um, are not the people that they are working with day in, day out. Um, they're getting the odd one or two, but they're not consistently attracting them. They might not be consistently attracting anybody, um, or it may just be that they've got a you know wood for tree scenario with ideal customer versus other customers who are keeping them super busy in their business, um, but aren't helping them generate that income um, and have that balance in their business of resources and time to uh, get them um, in that position they want to be with their business so they're kind of hindering their progress rather than helping which is what your ideal customer should be doing and it's working really well um, so there are different images of what the uh, client's expectations are versus what the client's budget is and it's resonating with lots of people we've got comments on the ads it's all quite positive at the moment so that is very exciting we're also running some ads where I am talking through the book and the impact that they have on your sales Again, that's a, that's a video of me and it's kind of got a, a pattern interrupt going on at the beginning where I'm moving the book around and that, that is doing well. Um, I've obviously got the normal, it's, strangely, um, I don't have it on the, the comparison ads, the image ads, but I do have it on the video ads of people making comments um, and putting like dog feces pictures on my on my ads and stuff we have it all the time with clients in the agency um but still um it is disappointing when you get them on your own but it's helping me to understand how my clients feel so there we go we've been um reordering some books so um the initial purchase of books that we had sat on the shelf at the office at the office the um, warehouse has now been um replenished so we've got another 300 books um well in print at the moment which we should be joining the others in the next 10 days or so so that's quite exciting and we're just about to press the button on the us book printing so that will be exciting that that's all good after the blip um with the training site it is going live i've been assured by the guys it's going live today which is very exciting so that means that the guys which are on the accelerator program will go on to there um and any other 
elements that I, I do. And the upsell templates from the funnel are also going to go on there. And I believe bonuses, I think the bonuses are going to stay where they are. But anything else that I run will be the learning area will be hosted on that site, which is very exciting. Um, super excited to start putting it out there and, and being able to show people kind of around it, I guess. The end of the year is approaching. Um, so obviously looking to Q1 and 2022, I know where are these years going. I am looking at holding a planning day, a boot camp style training day session, which is pure implementation. So I'm looking at running a online and in-person event so that you know everyone is catered for um, the idea of that day the outcome of that day is that you will have your overall plan for 2022 and what you want to achieve you'll have reviewed 2021 what went well what didn't what you want to be working on a bit more and then it will also stand you in good stead for q1 because we will be working out those first three months and what your targets are for those months and whether they are realistic or not so i'm really looking forward to doing that um, especially the in-person one i think will be really exciting to be able to get people in a room together and, and, and work through this. I think that would be an amazing atmosphere. So I'm super excited about that. Um, if you want to find out more information, then please do email hello at sellingwithoutsleeves.com and just say yes, please, or interested or something. And uh, one of the team will pick that up. So moving on to prioritizing your product or offer. So, you know, I tend to talk about offering. Yeah, so your offering is your product or your service, what you have to offer your ideal customer um, as the solution um, for what they are needing or wanting. So, you know, to start off with, you know, there's some key questions to ask yourself with this. There's the awareness of what they need. So, you know, how aware are they of what they need? Um, if they aren't very aware then how can you educate them? It becomes an education thing. How can you educate them that, you know, you are the potential solution to their problem? Um, if they're not aware of it as a problem, then they're probably aware of the symptoms rather than the, the cause. And so it's it's delving down and helping them to understand actually this is how it all fits together. So increasing their awareness of that need or want will heighten their prioritization of it particularly you know for example if somebody is you know oh, the grass in my in my garden is constantly growing water pain and I have to keep mowing it and I think I need somebody to come around and do, mow my lawn actually maybe they need artificial turf but the thing is is that artificial turf is a massive leap from where they are now and so you know artificial turf people put out information um, to educate their ideal customer on Here's your, um, you know, here's your solution to um, patchy garden, a garden that needs consist constant maintenance. Are you tired of mowing your lawn? Um, you know, you're obviously they're competing against the the robo lawnmowers. So why would you go for a synthetic lawn as opposed to the um, robo lawnmowers that'll do it for you? So again, it's talking around its cost comparisons. It's what is the most attractive element? What is the USP of what you do? And then once you've got them switched onto your solution, then it's why. Why are you the best person to deliver that solution? And if you have a competitor in the market, if anybody else is providing the same outcome as you, then you need to justify why, why they should be working with you. Now, a few weeks ago, I spoke to somebody who was told by a uh, business coach that they didn't need to justify um, themselves with testimonials um, 
and and so on. Um, that is a total load of rubbish. Um, you obviously need to justify why that person should be using that finite resource that they have on you. So whether that time, that money, whatever it is, um, why should they prioritize you? Why should they use you? So you know there isn't a reason why you shouldn't be justifying um, that expenditure and, and feeling that you need to, um, particularly if you're you know asking for a reasonable amount of money in return for your solution or product. Why Why should they do that? What's the compelling reason? Why can't they go with a cheaper alternative? Why are you the best option? So helping them heighten that awareness of their need will enable them to start to see that you know, your solution is a potential solution. The awareness around this, if they're not very aware, then how can you make them more aware of that education? If they are aware of their need if they are aware that actually you know what rather than spending money on another lawnmower i'm going to spend money on um, having a synthetic grass in my garden then what is then getting in the way what is stopping you from being the priority then and one of those things can be how distracted they are so how much noise is there how many people outside of your market are trying to get in front of that ideal customer and get them buying from them if you are dealing with people who are very distracted they are very attractive to lots of different people to sell stuff to you know for instance um, families um, with young children and then they've got you've got loads of people marketing to them you've got people who are telling them to prioritize their children then you've got you telling them to prioritize their lawn and so how do you manage that distraction well what can you do to keep them focused? And one of the things that you can do, for me, it's one of those things you can do if you feel that actually ethically this is true, is to heighten their sense of urgency, their sense of awareness of it, their sense of the importance, the prioritization of your solution. So, you know, if, for instance, there's a a potential, I think I'm going to have to move away from the um, synthetic lawn because I just can't think of a scenario with that one. But, you know, if you were saying to them, yeah, I I totally get your priorities and, and, you know, the families are a priority, however... A synthetic lawn, here we go. So synthetic lawn, the ability for the children to to play out um, more safely, for instance. So if there was information and evidence on, you know, your family can be safer, they can be happier in the garden and because of the synthetic lawn, then I would be going down that. If there's something that you truly know this person is missing out on because they aren't prioritising your solution, then, you know, why wouldn't you be jumping up and down letting them know? You know, for me, sales training, um, I know that you can be super busy in your business being busy and you will continue to do that. And I can speak to people and six months later, they are still in the same position because they haven't moved forward because they haven't got their time in order. They haven't been able to focus on the things that will move the needle. I do not like the expression, but it's the best way of, of, of encapsulating what I'm talking around. You know, they haven't. That's the thing. Those are the things that make the biggest changes in their business. So if they haven't been able to prioritize that they're not going to make any you know any railroads forwards they're always going to be kept busy by people who aren't their ideal clients who aren't going to get them those ideal results those testimonials that they are after and so getting people to prioritize you know their sales over nice shiny websites branding just being busy uh, is is a constant battle. I had an email last night from from somebody who's um, onboarding next week, and I was like, they were like, oh, I'm not sure I'm going to be able to onboard. I'm not sure I'm going to have time. And it's like, can you afford an hour? Can you have forge out an hour between now and next Tuesday to actually, you know, sit down and do the onboarding stuff you need to do? Um, if you can't, 
um, then you definitely need my help. Um, but equally, you know, it's prioritizing, it's reframing it. That person has six days, six days to help them at the time of recording, to so six days to help them find an hour. Can you find an hour within that time? Most people can. And putting it in that perspective stops that person from feeling overwhelmed, which is the situation they were in. And they're then able to regroup and think, you know what, it's okay. I can, I can commit to this. I can do this in this time scale because I know that once I get them, you know, on board and I'm helping them, that we can quickly make progress. We can quickly change things around. How can you prioritize it? Well, you know, give me an hour and I can give you probably between six and eight hours a week where we can do efficiencies straight away depends on the business um, but thinking about that business I'm sure there is between six and eight hours a week that I can save them um, in in time that they are currently doing stuff that they don't need to be doing or they are doing um, and and they could be doing they could um, automate it they could have a process in place somebody else could do it um, and and so that's what I do I go in and I talk to them about that because until you can forge out time in your business to start focusing on your sales then how are you going to get those ideal clients and so um, you know it's always that chicken and egg scenario so get them focused how can you keep them focused is by relating it to putting it into perspective or relating it to what's important to them so putting perspective is that hour prioritizing it putting it in perspective um, and relating it to somebody something that is important to them something that's important to them is their family is their family's welfare if you can do that then that will heighten that priority my key thing here which is what i said at the beginning was do not say this if it's not genuine because you know it just gets really really awkward i have been in the in, in a situation where you know actually their need has not been high on their agenda. Um, I've done a medical dressings where, you know, is it really that important which product they use? And I've come in and gone, you know what, it is. And it is because of all these different things. And it's like, you know, I remember genuinely and seeing the results of using my dressing over competitor dressings on the use of staff resources so they were super super short staffed and I was going we'll use my product and it can stay on for longer if it can stay on for longer then you don't have to visit these patients as often and so you know that helped that provided um, that resource that they were looking for I've been there with a product which hasn't been high on their agenda you know the effort of switching would seem to way outdo any benefits but actually um, if you can get that time saving in there um, which was something which was super super important to them and I saw it I did had case studies on it I had information on it I knew that that person could make time savings and therefore staff resource savings by um, sw- switching to our product and so I was super keen to get that information out to them that's not always going to be the case if they're not very distracted already and their awareness of their need is quite high, what is going wrong? And that would be the kind of questionable moment would be, wait a minute, their awareness of their need is high. So that means that they know they need this and it's a need, not a want. So prioritizing wise, it's a need. It can make major changes to them. There's not a lot of distractions, but they're still not moving along the process. If that is happening, then it's looking at your process. It's looking at what you're saying. Are you giving a compelling enough reason to work with you? Are you positioning yourself as the go-to solution? Or are you still selling them the solution and not you as the implementer? If you are selling the solution and not yourself as the implementer, you run the risk of warming that person up, convincing that person, yep, I definitely need the solution, and then them going off and using a competitor because that competitor 
showed them why they were better placed, which brings me on to USPs, which we're going to be covering next week, and why they are better placed to make uh, provide that solution and, 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 and make that change and meet that need. So always be conscious of where they are, how noisy it is, how distracted they are, um, how aware they are of those needs, because those different components are going to have an impact on that person moving on that sales process, how quickly they move along that sales process until you have secured them as a sale. So if they're just window shopping, how can you help them prioritize so that actually they want to take action now? And this is when people resort to false scarcity. Let me just talk quickly about that before we finish, because I was really conscious of people using false scarcity. I talk about it a lot as an as something of, of sleaze and it's true it is a sleazy lazy in my opinion sales tactic for getting people to make a decision quick is to um, provide that false scarcity if you don't get it now then it'll be gone and if you don't if you don't sign up on the call then it's no longer available and it's like well okay but that's fine if that is the case but if you're putting that out all the time um, then people are going to get you know it's, it's it's a bit like loud bangs going off and people get used to that loud bang and then they don't even notice it anymore. We had a grandfather clock in my parents' house when I was younger. It chimes on the hour every hour. The only time I noticed it chiming was when I had a friend around and they'd be like, Whew, does that clock go off all the time? Yes, it does. So I think that would be the, the sort of thought process that you, you would um, need to go off is it's fine to provide a one-off offer if it is a one-off offer, okay, if it's realistic that that person can make that decision on that call, then great, okay, offer them an incentive. But don't start providing them with those sorts of incentives if it's not realistic, if that person needs that time, if you're not respecting that person's need to go away and think about it. There's capitalizing on that person's thought process, which is in, in, they're in spend mode, and so you're making it as easy as possible for them to get the solutions from you and to buy from you. But equally, if you're saying to them, you know, this isn't available, this is a one time, you know, never seen again offer. And then the next minute that one time never seen offer is put out to them every five minutes on their newsfeed on Facebook, then, then you're going to just undervalue what you're saying and people aren't going to respect what you're saying. So you need to stick by it. Um, it's fine to offer things for people. But you then have to make sure that that offer is that offer and it doesn't go um, being put out again so that you aren't uh, going back on your word. Because your word, I think, is very important. Um, it's a very strong currency when it comes to sales, um, particularly working um, you know, in small um, niches. Your reputation will go before you and you want that to be a good reputation. There we go. And just as a sort of quick final bit, um, this works the same for referrals okay it's about then keeping you front of mind so rather than thinking oh how's that person how's that how, how's that person moving on that sales process and actually that sales process can be it can be drawn out but still it may only be hours weeks days months whereas when you're looking at referrals you're wanting to keep yourself front of mind for years and so how can you keep doing that you know people send people emails they send people items, tips, information, text messages, you know, there are so many platforms um, and ways to bombard people now. Um, but how are you letting people uh, know about you? How are you reminding people about you? How are you keeping in touch with those people um, so that they are moving along that sales process and getting in a position to buy from you? How are you moving them or keeping yourself front of mind and maintaining that relationship over a period of time, which can be harder in my opinion, 
um, to maintain that relationship over time um, and not neglect them than it is to be moving them slowly along a sales process because you, you, you're, you're, you've got movement in that rather than the only way you can go is down. So um, keep those elements in mind. I hope there's some useful stuff in there for you to go away now and implement in your business. Think about your ideal customer. Think about the messaging. Thinking about the way that you communicate with them. Think about the information that you put in front of them to help them make a decision that your solution is the best solution out there. If you enjoyed the podcast, please do leave us a review on Apple. Oh, and we are also looking at moving. I will actually share that with you on the next podcast update. We are looking at moving uh, platforms as far as the um, hosting of the podcast is concerned. But more about that next time. So for now, guys, bye for now. Happy selling. Thanks for listening to the Selling Without Sleeves podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please head over to iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you're listening from to leave us a review. It's a good way for us to know what you like so we can create more of it.